Hello and welcome to our next installment of the Interim Leader Podcast. I'm SJ Leatherdale. This month, we'll be focusing on why it's not necessarily good to use the phrase back to normal when considering the return to work. How do we actually define this new normal when we have encountered so much during the last 16 months when having to adapt to a very different working style and environment? I'm joined with my guest, Liz Allen, HR Director from the Specialist Heart and Lung Hospital, the Royal Brompton in the Harefield, who earlier this year merged with Guy's and St. Thomas's NHS Trust. Hi, Liz. Good to catch up again. Thank you for agreeing to be part of our next Interim Leader podcast series, which couldn't be more topical given the roadmap guidelines are set to ease. And from an employer perspective, this will be crucial as to how the workforce manages this moving forward. Which brings me to ask, how have you been over the most challenging months, not only from a hospital perspective, but also personally, given the hours of work to balance, being in the main remote, this when having to coordinate the workforce, the merger, test and trace, vaccine, as well as business as usual, an intense year by far with a big call to action. How has that really been? Well, first of all, thank you for asking. I mean, it's been a year like no other. The pandemic has, I think, tested HR as a professional um, and making sure that we could deliver a service that was almost always on. Um, You know, we went from a sort of eight till six, five day a week service to a sort of seven till nine, seven day a week service um, to make sure that we had people in the right place and we had people supported in a very healthy way, good health and well-being embedded psychological support, um, all of the normal hygiene factors that you would need, make sure that you had food, we had a market, we had, we did everything we possibly could, we facilitated everything we possibly could for staff to enable them to be safe and to be confident um, in getting into the building and, and being being with us to to support our patients so it was an extraordinary year it was one I, I actually feel um very privileged to have had the opportunity to work in so to have worked in the NHS through the pandemic is, has been a great privilege um on a personal note it's been you know it, it has been for me as it has been for many um I've worked at home for most of the pandemic I've run my HR function remotely for most of it. So we made a decision early that unless you were connected to a patient or delivering the service to somebody that was connected to a patient um, in delivering care, then we wouldn't have people in the building uh, to reduce footfall. So um, I've been, as most people have, managing um, my HR function from my kitchen table. Um, and that's been in some regard great and in some respect as for everybody similar challenges Uh, absolutely and I you know I I totally agree by no easy task whatsoever I mean with your own team in HR the communication fact would have to have been at the highest level so to enable I love that word have you how you've used it enabler enabling um, individuals to be able to do what they need to do and best during a very anxious period so Remote working, I mean, gosh, who, who would ever have thought? We used to always say working from home with, with an eyebrow raised, perhaps, but now it's, it's pretty much the norm. So I'm keen to understand, obviously, from 
when we are looking to to return to work, what that will look like with regards to healthy working environments, the support for staff. Some will find it difficult to rejoin the commuting aspect, being amongst others, peers, and so on. What advice and what sort of guidance have you got to to reconnect, to co-create, actually? I mean, it's a a really interesting question. And I don't think any of us fully know the answer yet. Um, But I think we can can make some some fair assumptions. Um, We've had a challenging year and people very quickly were asked to work in a very different way. For some, that worked very well. And actually, it's forced them or prompted them to reevaluate their work priorities. I think for some, it didn't work well. And we had, I had cases of people who really struggled to work remotely, be it they had, were um, in challenging relationships at home, but the overarching principles I've seen is that actually we are a nation where we have for the last 18 months had little control over our own choices. And from an employment perspective, I think employee employers that create a, a, an employee value proposition around choice will do well. We used a lot of companies and organizations used to offer people like a car, they used to offer travel, used to offer a scheme, a bike rental, all those mm. things. But actually, I think if employers now are able to offer um, a package around which is much more about flexibility and about maybe job sharing, I think that we'll see a lot more of a demand for that. The new normal is. The language. I think uh, you know it's unhelpful to talk about going back to the way things were before because I don't actually think things will ever be the way things were before. And it was interesting to see this week in the news people talking about, oh, it'll be two years before we get back to five days a week. I don't think we're ever going to get back to that. I think the mindset of people is is completely changed. And in the past, when people may have said. I want to have one or two days working from home. Now I think they're more likely to say I want to have one or two days working in the office. Mm-hmm. And this medium of Teams and on of Zoom, which is very good for many ways of working, um, is not good for some. And so employers that will to do will do well or they'll gain a competitive advantage in this in terms of attracting the right talent and retaining the staff that they want to retain are going to be the ones that repurpose their spaces at work to be around collaboration about meeting about connecting um i for example you know do all my one-to-ones in if i'm in the building is a walk and talk it's not outside it's not sitting in a room at a desk and i think so i think if we can encourage people to think differently about the spaces in people work in, in which people work, less desks, more open spaces, more pe- more more spaces for people to collaborate and create thinking, which is difficult in the Zoom and and challenging in the MS Teams environment, then actually I think anyone that does that's really going to have something that's compelling to either retain their employees or to attract the ones they want to bring in. What do you think the um the main leadership challenges are going to be moving forward? I think they are still in the place around performance because 
I still think that culturally organizations, there's a presenteeism element, which is, oh, if they're not in the building, are they really working? Are they, are, are they mowing their lawn? Are they doing their dishes? You know, there's still that rhetoric that I do hear. And, um, and so I, I think it's going to be about performance. And what I've seen really nicely in this space is that this ability to get to focus on the output rather than the time it takes to get to the output. Um, there's always going to be an anxiety for leaders in terms of how they influence, in terms of how they uh, connect with people that they don't see or that they're not, they don't have an opportunity to go and see. Um, and I think, I think that is really going to be around, you know, space for real purpose. And, um, you know, it was one of the things that I saw very, very clearly through the pandemic, you know, where there was very clear purpose, my goodness, it was very easy for the teams and the people involved to get behind it and to have a much more clarity about what their role was in deli delivering that and, and be demanding of what their role was in delivering that purpose. Um, and so I think from a leadership perspective is, is, is in that space. There's also a piece as well about compassionate leadership in there. Um, I think that's, that'll be a challenge for many because we are going to have a great deal more thoughtfulness around mental well-being. We will have as employers far more challenge in that space, um, either people that have been working in an isolated way for a long time or our next generation workforce who perhaps in the last year, two years at uni have had very little opportunity to work in a collaborative and creative way with others. They've been in their rooms, most of them, unfortunately, um, studying through Teams or through Zoom. So uh, next generation workforce, I think it's going to be a, a big leadership challenge for going forward, compassionate to, and probably the piece I said around getting over this perception of presenteeism and acceptance from a leadership perspective that actually it's a it's about output very interesting i mean as you say not not just driving the efficiencies ensuring the resilience having the influencing factor i mean maybe looking at different patterns of work whether it's remote whether it's workforce shifts uh and so on the mental health and well-being side is from other discussions that i've had and certainly being terribly observant with this is it, it is the biggest concern moving forward of of how this has and will at a later date as well impact many a uh, an employee the workforce of course so do you think the training uh for for leaders managers or directors is 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 also going to be increased in many different aspects I do. And it's really it timely, actually, that we're talking today because I, I was doing some data collection and reflection yesterday on how much how many requests I've had in the last month. I've had more requests in the last month for personal development or leadership development than I had had probably in the last two years from individuals who really want to um focus on evolving their skills in that space um having leaders that really get the mental well-being perspective and understand how to identify where there are some issues for folks um quickly i think is a really essential leadership capability 
mental well-being will probably be the big Im- employer and employment challenge for for some time mm-hmm. i think um for those that in my sector that have been in hospitals working it's something we are already very advanced in tackling i implemented a mental well-being service very early in the pandemic um and in fact i have uh, psychological support embedded in my sites within my teams um i have a community of mental uh, well-being champions and there's some fantastic training around react and other training that's available to every organization to take to to take that seriously and at the board level there needs to be a, a significant focus in every organization on on that aspect it's a huge it's a huge initial investment um but i don't see how companies can not invest in it and i think as an employee if you're looking to an organization as sort of the place that you may want to go and work it's again part of your employee value proposition that that an organization takes that seriously absolutely i mean it's incredibly vital moving forward now perhaps a difficult one to to comment on but comments for the front line uh, over the last 16 months i mean obviously wave 1 it was unknown to everybody really of how to to address matters but also i mean your observa- observations from wave 1 to wave 2 what what was learned from a leadership aspect and how well individuals were informed of how to work to as i said the unknown uh, in extreme circumstances so i mean there was certainly a difference between wave 1 and wave 2 um and i, I remember t- having a call with my hr function in advance when we, we could see that cases were rising for, uh, at the beginning of wave 2 and actually reassuring them that it, we were, it was going to be easier because we really did know what to do. You know, there was some uh, uh, quite some challenge at the beginning of wave one. There was a lot of an awful lot of unknowns. Um, and I remember my CEO coming to see me when I was still in London before lockdown and saying, um, you know, you've, you've really got to make sure that we can pay people. Uh, and he, he was an individual that had run a hospital through the, the SARS pandemic. Um, mm. it, it did it did come down to some very key things that had to be done and done well. And, and although in the period of time between wave one and wave two, the, the responsibilities for my function did grow, you know, we as we began to be able to do track and trace, as we began a vaccination program, as we began to be um, clearer about um, how long people were going to be off and more predictable about how long people were going to be off for when they did have a COVID or when a family member had COVID. You know, um, we we got to be able to be more predictable with data about what impact there would be on our workforce um, and and what we needed to do to take control of that. Do you think, given that, I mean, I, I suspect also as a, as a trust, you've had staff surveys of how one wishes to work, I mean, what pattern of work, whether it's five days a week on site, three days to remote and, and so on. Do you believe that will stay moving forward? Do you think there is the possibility of it slipping back into how it once was, that frame of mind? I think it'll be entirely to do with our leaders. So there'll be a lot of pressure, won't there, for people to come back into cities 
to start spending money locally, to use our public transport, to do all of this things. That will happen. This will be a lot to do about the behaviour of our leaders, about whether they see that this is an opportunity for a more inclusive and more engaging way of working with people. If you are not, if you are an organisation that is open to maintenance of flexible working, i.e. not fully in the building, but maybe a hybrid version, you may have, you may have have um, a whole community of people that would never have considered you as an employer because actually they, they have to take kids to school in the morning and bring them up in the afternoon. And in actual fact, the ability to offer a broader community of people a different way of working may enable you to attract a completely different level of talent. I think it will be what the in the hands of the leadership of organisations of what they choose to do. I would encourage them to look forward, not to look back. That. There is a lot of discussion about the learnings from the pandemic, how tough it was, how difficult, how challenging. There is also a lot of learning from the pandemic, which was crikey. We managed to do some things that we've been talking about for years really quickly, overnight, in fact. And that has delivered a greater benefit to our employees and to our patients. My own personal thinking is that we are where we're going to be. What we have now, this concept of coming into the office a couple of days a week, working from home the rest of the time, it being non-prescribed, it being driven by connection to each other rather than to um, uh, output um, or, or time in the office, could be transformational. Mm. One thing I would say um, about all of this, though, is that there are lots of jobs that cannot be done remotely. Mm. Uh, and that community of people that have to be in a building, they have to deliver a service, we can't leave those people behind. Right. And we can't, in our employment thinking, create separate communities of people that because they have a type of job can work remotely and those that can't, we have to be mindful to have a solution that feels equitable for everybody. From a recruitment perspective, any key themes that you've seen moving forward or, or, or being presented to you, i.e. job sharing, different patterns of work, re-evaluation of, you know, do they wish to do other things as well as um, part-time with the trust, as an example? Two huge things in the last month that I've seen. Yeah. One way more people applying to do job share. And they're principally people that have been working remotely. And I, I think it is a serious re-evaluation of their life choices. And I think we will have more of that. Having the tools to be able to facilitate good and purposeful job share, I think would is going to be advantageous to an employer. Um, because I'm seeing a lot of people asking me for that. The second piece that I think is really key is around OD and about learning. So I did mention I'd had a lot of people coming for learning. There's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of uh, opportunity that people have taken through the pandemic to learn new skills. 
I myself bumped into a friend of mine last summer who said, oh, the pandemic's worked really well for me. My whole family's earned Spanish. And and at that point, I was like, my goodness, my whole family has been working in the NHS 18 hours a day. So it it, was a very different experience. But that I, I I do believe that, that that's going to be more of a demand. So in terms of an employer proposition, there's I think there's going to be a lot of focus on uh, learning and there's going to be a lot of focus on people being more curious about how they can develop their skills. That's a key thing. The last thing, and this is one that I think is incredibly inventive, is that uh, you've got a lot of people that have been furloughed for quite a long time that aren't that bothered about coming back to work. They're quite happy living at home with their mum and dad. And their next generation employees, that is an interesting conundrum. Because the other thing is that whilst people have been furloughed and at home, a lot of them, being very entrepreneurial, have started small sidelines of businesses. And I can see that being a really interesting challenge for an employer where actually they need to go back and cement their normal formal earnings, but they will want to maintain this entrepreneurial approach or innovative sideline that they have. And so I think the the third tranche of that for me is that as an employer, um, enabling people to use that entrepreneurial muscle if they've been doing it through the pandemic, whether it's making bags, doing translations, whatever it is that they've got a small business of doing online. Employers are going to need to facilitate that continuing. Undoubtedly, people are are tired, extremely fatigued, and given that no one's been able to see a change of culture, i.e. going abroad, one could be very keen to, to do that. So the sabbatical route uh, can certainly be an option moving forward for a finite period of time. Yeah, it's the, having it's having all of the click and collect options to offer your staff. So talent attraction in this space going forward is going to be about offering flexibility. And I don't mean by that flexible working, i.e. the hours you work. I mean multiple options where you could um, job share, sabbatical, where, they, where you can work different in, different hours and so on and so forth. I mean, there's going to be a real demand for that thinking. Um, and I think, um, you know, as I said before, it it's going to be very hard for employees to find the balance, those that have to be in a building or have to be in sight, to those that, uh, those that don't. Making things equitable may prove to be more challenging. And that... You know, that's that that's going to be that's going to present different problems uh, for society. I think. I mean, that's a big topic, isn't it? But um, you know, if if your lower paid people are tied into buildings, then um, you know that that it's actually driving an, a, level, a level of inequality. And so, employers again will have a responsibility to find balance. Liz, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear of your insights. As you say, working within the incredible system of the NHS, an outstanding and treasured institution, it goes without saying, has been with great pride to witness the dedication, skill, compassion and determination of the workforce working tirelessly for the benefit of the patient. You have an incredibly busy diary, so to have had a little bit of your time, we are extremely grateful for. So thank you.
Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe for future Interim Leader episodes.